The countdown's on, MP. Damo, the biggest and best wellness summit ever is fast approaching. Don't miss out on the entertainment. The education. The edutainment that is the wellness summit. Featuring for the very first time at the summit, the Merrymaker sisters, Carla and Emma Pappas, and the 2013 Bachelor himself, the incredible chiropractor and sharp mover, Mr. Tim Robards, plus all of your wellness couch favorites. And wait for it, Damo. All 22 podcasts on the couch will be in attendance at the summit. Wow. So take your digital wellness couch experience and make it a real-life one at the transformational, inspirational, sensational 16 hours of Powerhouse Wellness Summit at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre. September 10 and 11. More information and tickets available at www.thewellnesssummit.com. Now, before you go, Damo, there's a big competition on as of now. Every single person who registers before a 11.59pm on Sunday, August 14, goes into the draw to win a double pass to the inaugural 2016 Wellness Couch Awards Night. Amazing. You'll join the who's who of the Wellness Couch as we present for the very first time the best new podcast, most popular episode, most popular the host, the best hair, of course, MP, most awkward moment, and many more sensational awards at this night of fun and wellness frivolity. But you must enroll, folks, by August 14. Tickets at thewellnesssummit.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Wendy's Way with your host, Wendy Stewart. Fortnite show featuring everyday people on their wellness journeys, living inspiring lives with courage and passion. Welcome everyone to this episode of Wendy's Way. I'm your host, Wendy Stewart. Thank you for tuning in. I have an extremely super special guest on my podcast today. It's taken a little bit of coaxing and a little bit of negotiation, but here he is. So today I have joining me in my home studio, the one, the only, my partner in crime, my husband, my best friend, my rock, Duncan J. Stewart. Hi, Dunk. Say hello to everyone. Hi, everyone, and thank you for having me. From the time I started my podcast, I have wanted Dunk to come on and share his story because I believe it's a truly unique one. And Dunk has faced many, many challenges in his life and we have faced many challenges together as a couple. But what I wanted Duncan to focus on was his challenges from the day he was born, really, and to share with you his story. So I know it's a very difficult thing to come on a, come on a show or a podcast and share any any part of yourself but so Dunk I really thank you for agreeing to this and I'd love you to start by telling my wonderful amazing village and listeners your story and your health challenges so I was born with advanced cataracts which is basically not being able to see at all and my parents only realized this when I was three months old Um, my eyes hadn't opened and the doctors did tests and so forth. So that led to a series of operations to help me to be able to see. That uh, went on from the age of three months all the way up to the age of 14 years of age. So during that time, I was going to a normal school. I was attending all the classes and being able to see in a limited way. So, Dunk, you say you went to a normal school, which was a mainstream school. That's right. Right. And how did you go with fitting in? Like, you know, you were saying you obviously had these vision challenges. So how did you go about, let's just to start with primary school, how did you go about fitting in and, you know, making sure that your 
vision or your issues with your vision didn't impact what you were doing every day. Sure. Well, by the time I got to primary school, which was obviously I was six or seven years of age, it was got it got to the point where yes, I I could I could had some sight, so I could interact with kids and play in the playground and do all those kinds of things. But when it came to looking at blackboards and all that kind of thing and reading very small print, I obviously had to sit at the front of the class. Um, but sure. at, that, at that point in time, we were very lucky to be um, helped by the Royal Victorian Institute for the Blind, which is yeah. now Vision Australia. Right. Uh, and they were magnificent in the help they gave me in terms of large print books, in terms of making sure that the teachers gave me the handouts that were nice and big. They'd photocopied them, they'd enlarged them for me so I could read them. Sure. And that meant that I I might have been using different books and different materials to different kinds of materials to other people, but it still meant that uh, I could catch up to everyone and keep on the same level of education. And this was in primary school that um, Vision Australia got involved That's with right. you? That's right. Yeah, they started yeah. with me probably in grade five or grade four even. Right, okay. And they were, we, uh, I went to school in Melbourne, at Melbourne Grammar, which is in South Yarra. Yes. Uh, and they are just in St Kilda Road. So it yes. was really good because I used to have uh, several ladies over the years that would come at least once or twice a week. Right. Help me with my schoolwork talk to the teachers, see what could be done. Right. Everything from uh, magnifying glasses to assistance with talking books and all those kinds of extra assistance that they could offer that just made my day just a lot easier. Sure. Well, I will, I will say from the time I met you, I, you know, from the first day we went out, I never even realised that there was even an issue. Okay, you wore glasses, that was about it. So... Over the years, when I've heard this story and the first time you told it to me, I'm still stunned that, you know, to me, you play tennis better than I do. You do so many things better <laughs> than fully sighted people. It's just astounding. Okay, so you talked about primary school. So what happened when you went to high school? Because, you know, kids are not the nicest people sometimes and you've showed me photos and, you know, they're not the most flattering with your glasses, which you have <laughs> always said to me. You know, glasses were glasses then. They're very different to what they are now. So tell me how you transitioned into high school and what were the challenges that you faced in high school and possibly how you got through them please well we talk about bullying these days at school and it certainly went on in the 70s and 80s and I got called all kinds of names and things but I did find a group of friends around me four or five friends that did understand my issues and did stand up for me and they gave me a great deal of support and help fantastic and understanding that you know, I yep. had issues and they could help me with those issues, whether it was sure. in the playground, but it didn't stop me from interacting and playing down ball and all the games that you play when you're at school. And from that from that matter, get up and do things like uh, debating and all those kinds of things. Sure, I mightn't have been the greatest debater, but I gave it a go. So I didn't see that my, uh, my eyes and my, the issues that I had was particularly in any way stopping me from doing anything. Well, I don't believe anything's, you know, ever stopped you. That has never stopped you from doing anything you want to do. Okay, so speak to my wonderful listeners about your teenage years then, you know, when people are starting to go out and, you know, there's girls involved and all that kind of stuff. How did you cope with that? And, you know, obviously you you don't have a licence and you're not, you know, you don't, you can't drive. So how did that impact your life? I guess from that that point of view, um, I didn't go out a lot 
But sure. I did spend time doing other things. Uh, I was very much involved with sailing, very much involved with tennis. And, you know, I've got great friends from doing those activities. Sure. Um, and in, the, in that particular case, there was there was no issue and no, no way that they thought I was any different to anyone else. So it didn't impact me that much. I mean, I still had the the get up and go to go out and meet people and right. and do those kinds of things that it, it didn't affect my life. I mean, one thing that's always, always I have admired and has, you know, inspired me from the day I met you is you never, ever have let this get in the way of doing anything you want to do. And you spoke about sailing. I'd love you to share with everyone your sailing sailing days and, you know, how that started and how you continued and, and the things the, the things that it brought into your life. We uh, had a house at Phillip Island, a holiday house, and right. um, my stepmum, when I was probably... 14 or 15 uh we got in we went across to the real yacht club because she knew some people that were involved and i first started going out on a on a, on a yacht with two other people it was a right. three-person yacht we just went out into western port bay right and uh went into a race and that was fine i enjoyed that i uh was up the front of the boat which and i looked after the uh the, the main the mainsail and the jib and that was great fun okay um and then the particular wow. fellow i was with terry he he wanted a crew crew person he had it he needed a third person because it was a three-person boat okay so we sort of he, i sort of became his his major crew person and we sailed together probably for six or seven years fantastic um just during the summer at Phillip Island, which would have started in about October, end of October, and then we would sail through till the end of end of um, April or May, depending on when Easter was, because yeah. they had big regattas that we used to go to. And then we got some confidence. Um, we went into the Victorian uh, Sailing Championships and then the National Sailing Championships for Corsairs. Awesome. Only, only in Victoria, but... Uh, we had one one championship down at Mordialic, which was uh, forty knot winds. It was pretty hairy. Mm-hmm. Um, about fifteen boats lost their masts, but and none of this scared you at all. No. I mean, don't leave the vision aside, but none of this scared you at all. Right? Well, I was lucky at the time because our second crew person was about uh, six foot six and weighed about one hundred and twenty kilos. So I figured. Uh, if he was in the boat, the boat would stay as stable as possible. So that sounds so cool. So sailing obviously brought you a lot of you know happiness, joy, getting out in the fresh air, social Absolutely. life, and lots and lots of friends. Obviously at the real yacht club and yes. stuff like that. Awesome. So let's move into going into uni, right? How did you go going to uni? Well, when I went to uni, I got a fair score for HSC, right? And we were very lucky in where we lived in Caulfield. Um, what is Chisholm and is now Monash University uh, Caulfield campus was literally just d- down the road. <laughs> so it made sense to... So you walked to uni, So right? I walked to uni. Brilliant, I love And it. I was probably the last one there every morning, but <laughs> hey, you know, you live three streets away, you do these kinds of things. Absolutely, absolutely. So then we... So hang on, I mean, hang on, hang on, hang on, yeah, hang on, back to Chuck up. Yep. Tell them about uni and what you decided to do because, you know, you like a challenge. Yeah, of course. So what did you decide to do okay. when you went to uni? So I had this discussion with my parents. My, yes. My dad's an accountant, of course. 
and so is my stepmom. Okay. But she was getting involved with computers, and they were the, right. the in thing at the time. So I had this, uh, my father wanted me to do one thing, and my stepmother wanted me to do another. So I decided to do both. So I applied for a double degree in accounting Nothing like and a challenge, IT. Right? Nothing of like course, a challenge, absolutely. Right? On top of the already challenge. Well, you know, you already have. <laughs> if you're going to do it, you might as well put yourself under Agreed. some pressure and do it, you know, Agreed. hey? Absolutely. So I went ahead and did the double degree, which oh. took four years. Yes. Um, which probably uh, meant that I didn't have that much of a social life because it was a lot of work involved. <laughs> I love it. But I did finish on time. And, and again, I did get a lot of help with RVIB. Yes. Giving me, helping me with... Yes. They even got some textbooks uh, recorded for me and things like that. And they helped me get into the course too, which yeah. was great. So... And all of this helps, you know, to give you the future you want. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. So you finish uni, you have a great time. I know you travelled a little bit and that didn't... You know, nothing's ever stopped you from doing anything you wanted to do like anybody else. So... Tell me about your working life. Now, here comes a whole new challenge. You're out of school, you're out of uni, and now you're in the workforce. How did – I know, you know, the not driving thing. Sorry mm. to go back to that again, but, you know, if you – depending on the job you kind of wanted, did that ever impact your employment? Not really. I oh. uh, ended up working awesome. for an accounting Fantastic. firm. Yeah. And I decided to uh, – I got accepted into auditing, uh, which meant you had to go to – client sites every day which yes. was all over melbourne right so what i couldn't get to by public transport yes. or couldn't get a lift with staff which was most of the time right. i got a lift with another staff member right. uh, i could always catch a taxi so i never found that to be any problem for me uh you know you have you i have a i have a really strong ethic about work i have a strong ethic about doing the best you can absolutely so I found no issue with having to jump in a taxi and go to work if necessary. That's yeah. fine. Or yeah. go, go from the office to a sure. client or, or whatever the case may be. So in that respect, it, it didn't restrict me at all. I was just another uh, another auditor in the audit team. Absolutely. So you've had all these challenges to face and you've faced every single one of them, I believe. And I just wonder, like, you know... When you just can't get up and go, like, jump in a car and go where you want to go or do whatever. I suppose as a person that does have a licence and can drive, to me, that would be, like, so limiting for you. But you've never, ever let it, you know, ever get in your way of doing anything or going anywhere. And I really admire that about you. And, you know, you've given me a lot of courage to do the things I want. So I would, you know, as you know, you're the other side of 40 now, let's just say very kindly. So challenges, That's very generous. Thank you. I think so. I think so. That's, you know, it's all good. So as you're getting moving into the next phase of your life, challenges, what do you think are the challenges coming your way now as you move further along into what you want to do or where you want to go? Or I think once what was a case of going to work for the sake of going to work because I needed to go to work, yes. I find it's now a case of doing something that I actually like want to do and something that i can take and achieve something that's a little bit outside what would normally be the case i have always called you bp because you are the quiet achiever Mm -hmm. so a double degree in computing and accounting wasn't enough you decided a few years ago to start studying part-time and do what dearest (laughs) It started off as a Diploma of Entertainment Management. Yes. And because I did so well and my lecturers were so impressed, they suggested 
demanded that I do the degree. Yes. So what was once an eight-month eight course turned into a two-year course. So going back to study at, you know, at a mature age, let's just say, mm-hmm. How did you get? How did you get over that? Because I know you were so much older than all the other young people in your class. That's right. But how did you? How did you go with that? Well, the first week was quite interesting, having to go back to study after such a long period of sure. time, like twenty years. Uh, I actually found it quite challenging. Um, certainly, that the the lecturers had a degree of standard that they wanted. Uh, a couple of my first assignments weren't particularly fantastic. So I certainly realised pretty quickly that uh, I have to lift my game and actually take it quite seriously and l- learn to study again. It was a little bit of a challenge. Well, it definitely changed the dynamic of, you know, our home and the way things were and the schedules. And, you know, I wasn't particularly thrilled about you having to study so much and changing our lives. But, yes, course, I'll get yes. Over, I will get over it one day, I know. But I am fiercely proud of you and I Thank can't you. wait to see what you're going to do next. So, so I just want to touch on why you have had all these challenges in your life and overcome every single one of them with amazing amazing ability what do you do i know you know so much about you obviously duh i'm married to you but what do you like to do for fun what makes your heart race what makes you know what makes you happy what makes you want to you know even at can i tell everyone how old you are Yes. At 50, to take on all these new challenges and change your life completely and go in a whole new direction. Like, where does this all come from? That's a very good question, actually. (laughs) I think it's got a lot to do with your your inner passion. I think it has a lot to do with what you've been doing for the doing in your life and realizing what you probably what you love to do. And one of the things I love is music. I've always, obviously, I've played music since I was, played piano since I was about six. Yeah. Learned piano and did did piano to grade four level. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably it's a little bit of a regret that I didn't continue on with my sure. music. Yeah. But okay. I've always, even through my working days in accounting and IT and even even now, I still sit down at the piano or the keyboard. And I love the, the fact that I can sit there and play songs that I, I've known for years and learn new songs that I like playing. And it's just a sense of going into my own space and being able to relax and at the same time have an inner glow that I'm enjoying doing what I'm doing. Mm. I think some of the other things I like to do is just get out in the fresh air. I like to do a little bit of exercise. Yeah. I like to spend quality time with you obviously and do things like that so i i'm probably focused these days on different things that i'm not so focused so much on potentially work or things like that that i once was absolutely i have all these other interests in my life for sure that 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 just make things pop but I think as, you know, from what you're saying and so many other, you know, people, we have been so lucky to have been at seminars, conferences, learn from the best, learn from our friends, our family, our peers, you know, to just, I think the key is balance. I think that's what we're all striving totally. for. Would you, would you agree with totally that? Totally agree with balance. Yeah. I mean, even during study, the, the importance of making sure that you had downtime, yes. making sure they had quality time. 
make sure that you organise yourself very yeah. well is very important. Agreed. And I think we can all do that on a daily basis too, is organise quality time and all that kind of thing to make sure that we do achieve what we want to achieve and experience the things we want to experience. Agreed, absolutely. I mean, you're totally on point there, Dung. Mm. And, the, and the thing is, like, you know, we get so busy and caught up in our, our daily, whatever the daily routine is, mm. I think being mindful is what you're saying. And, you know, absolutely. we've been exposed to so many beautiful modalities and practices and all that, you know, mm. all that amazingly good stuff. It's to incorporate all that, as you're saying, and mm. find that balance and find find the me time, find the family time, exactly. find the, you know, time to be creative, all that, you know. And it's so key to helping us get through the best of each day and end it with a smile on our face. Absolutely. Would you say so? Absolutely. I mean, the best thing is... We're so busy from day to day. It's right. so important to have downtime. It's so important to have quality time that otherwise, uh, you know, relationships, whether whatever the relationships are, whether it's personal, whether it's work, whether it's family, they suffer. So you've got to make sure that you rank everything in priority and make sure that those things that you need to do, you do do. And they are often things like family time or making sure that you have damn time for yourself. So I think those sorts of things are really important. Yeah, absolutely. One of the other things I really enjoy is travelling. I One of the first trips I went on was by myself on a Contiki tour, <laughs> a bit, basically around Australia. Uh, oh, I, I just it. finished university and I was like, hmm... I don't start work until Mar- uh, till January. I need to do something. So uh, I went into a travel company, STA, of course, student travel, and uh, went on a trip to Queensland all the way to Cairns and back, which was great fun, meeting people my own age and getting on with some, not getting on with others. But we did camping <laughs> cool. and all those kinds of things too. So that was my first exposure to travel. And, of yes. course... I'd done a little bit of travel myself, but Wendy was very much um, enabled us to go Wendy, to Wendy, as in me. As in you, yes, oh, yeah, enabled okay. us to go to a whole lot more places <laughs> because you. because she had a, has a passion for travel too. So I think it's great that we've uh, managed to travel the world in terms of uh, America and Europe and Asia to... Uh, to see some wonderful places and have some wonderful experiences. And so what's on the bucket list for your travel? Because I reckon if I get it recorded here, then I know. Ah, okay. <laughs> I do have a couple of uh, wish list items I'd like to do. Do I'd, tell. I'd like to do the Rocky Mountaineer train in Canada. Yes. And, of course, while you're there, you probably should do the inside passage Should as we well. now? We right. should. Okay. I don't quite know when this is going to happen, of course, because, well, you know. It will happen. It will happen. It will happen. And I think I'd possibly like to go back to Italy and Greece sometime. Go back. We haven't been yet. We've all been to Europe, but we haven't been We haven't there been yet. to Italy and Greece yet. But they look so nice, and really? I think I'd love to go there. As so long that- as we never have to camp. I'm good. Okay. Well, no, that's okay. We don't have to camp. There's no camping. There's maybe glamping, but there's definitely no camping. And, of course, one of the advantages of both those trips is they're during the Australian winter. So get away from Melbourne from this horrible cold weather. Good to know. We can um, plan those for our our retirement. Oh, jeez. I think it'll happen before then. Settle, (laughs) pedal. Yeah, right. 
Well, it has been fun chatting to you. Thank I you. would love you to come back on the show again and maybe we'll, you know, have you on as a regular every now and then and we can sure, do some absolutely. Wendunk chatting or Wendunk shows or something. Cool. I don't know. We'll go. But I just want to thank you. I think you're extremely inspiring. You have never, ever let this whatever, I don't even call it a disability, just this thing you have to deal with. It's not even an issue in your life. You get on with it. You inspire me. You inspire everybody else around us. And I am just truly, truly proud of you every single day. Thank you very much. So thank you all for listening to this episode of Wendy's Way. If you liked it, I would love you to subscribe to my show on iTunes. Please give it a rating. Please feel free to share this episode with your family and friends. For all things Wendy's Way, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram and watch out for my website coming soon. I hope you have a happy, safe and blessed day. Remember, it takes a village. Be kind to yourself always and bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.